Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whatsawatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting on Friday the 25th of March 2022, including, this is the big one, the eagerly (laughs) anticipated return of period drama Bridgerton on Netflix and a new comedy series on gold called Newark, Newark. We'll also be looking at the Discovery Plus documentary Hillsong, a mega church exposed, and more returning period drama in the form of Sanderson on Britbox. But first, Ian, what's in the news? Hugh Laurie is writing, directing and starring in an upcoming Britbox Agatha Christie adaptation, why didn't they ask Evans? What else is in the news, Hannah? The Kardashians. It seemed, it seemed right for me to talk about this one. The Kardashians are coming to Disney Plus. Can you believe it? With a brand new series. I'm going to kick us off uh, with a, a rather good new comedy, which is arriving on Gold. It's called Newark Newark. And here's a clip. I need to tell you something. Oh, here we go. You must not be moving in with your dad. You can't do joined up writing, Leslie. I do still miss her like that. You need to show her, Maxine. You've smartened your act up a bit. You look fab, all tight and swollen like value chicken breast. This is called Newark Newark, not because of Frank Sinatra or anything like that, but because it's set in the East Midlands market town of Newark where the writer grew up. Nathan Fode, he's called, and you may have seen him in Bloods, the now tv show that we reviewed in the previous podcast it's a sort of family sitcom it's got some great names in it so morgana robinson who plays pippa middleton of course in the windsors and has done various other things she's a great impressionist as well she stars as maxine who is a chip shop manager right and coronation street legend beverly callard who used to play liz mcdonald She is great as her meddling mother, Pauline. So the situation is Maxine's turning 40, but she's single because she's split up from her husband, Terry, who's a complete loser. And he is played by Gavin and Stacey's Matthew Horn. (laughs) He is very funny in this role. So she has a birthday barbecue, which is a bit of a disaster because it rains. Terry gate crashes it with his awful friend Darius and Pauline is determined to get them back together. So she's kind of interfering. Meanwhile, Maxine's son, Leslie, who's played by Jai Hollis, who's a really impressive newcomer, he decides that this is the day (laughs) that he's going to announce that he is gay. So we're going to be following life at home, life in the chip shop, Leslie kind of looking for love as well and coming out as gay and, and hanging out with his schoolmates and so on. So... I thought this was really funny. I mean, it had me laughing from from the get-go. There's some fantastic dialogue in it. And it's, yeah, it's a great cast. And and also, the writer has has really made the supporting characters. He's really fleshed them out and given them some really funny scenes and lines as well. And he will actually be appearing in episode three as well. So (laughs) it's showing over three nights, Monday to Wednesday. And and I think it's, it's, it's hard... I think, to get a new comedy across in the very first episode. But this one does. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It had me laughing out loud. What did you think, Hannah? It's all about the cast, isn't it? What a what a stellar lineup of people. I mean, I particularly like 
Matthew Horn, obviously from Gavin and Stacey. Um, and he sort of comes, he hasn't been stereotyped as such, but in this, he really comes into his own again. And of course, like you say, Beverly Callard, and she, uh, they, I think they've chosen exactly the right actors for the right parts, which sounds stupid because that always should be the case, but it isn't always quite the case. But this lot really gelled together. They're really, they look right together. The, the kind of, the, the, the kind of mother, daughter, scenario they sort of seem to fit together incredibly well they really could be family um and then Beverly Callard you know she was fairly brutal in as Liz McDonald and Corey wasn't she kind of the way she was <laughs> but like in this she's completely hideous and uh vulgar and coarse and all the rest of it and she completely delights in in, in that kind of role and uh, yeah for me it, it's funny and it's just um it hits all the right spots I think it's great for reasons that I can't explain Hannah <laughs> we didn't trail The big news of this week, which, of course, is the return of the smash hit Netflix period drama Bridgerton, which arrives on Friday, the 25th of March. And you're going to tell us all about it. Your Majesty, may I present Miss Kate Sharma and Edwina Sharma? Only hope they like me. All you have to do this evening is remember what it is you're looking for. Someone charming. And handsome, of course. I certainly am. I'm absolutely invested in this <laughs> because I absolutely loved the first series and I did literally a binge watch it. So I'm not sure. It's kind of, it's interesting. I was writing about it earlier in the week and looking at Bridgerton and of course Downton Abbey's back next next month too, but a film and kind of all these period dramas that sort of seem to be coming into their own at the moment. But of course, this one really broke the mould. And I think, you know, if you haven't seen the first series, then you ne- really need to watch it because you need to get your head. It, it's shocking. It's, it's, it, I found the whole thing quite shocking, but completely um, obsessive compulsive. I just couldn't stop watching it. And, and, and I think once you do see it, you'll understand why. Because of course, the first season revolved completely around the very passionate courtship between Daphne Bridgerton, who's played by Phoebe Diver, who is the daughter of Sally Diver, who plays Sally in Coronation Street, for anybody that doesn't know, um, and, and her relationship with Simon Bassett, the Duke of Hastings, who's played by Regé Jean Page. Now, Regé Jean Page has also been tipped to possibly be the next Bond. I'm totally backing that idea. He's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and he's definitely a reason to be watching. And he gets his kit off. So really, there's no reason not to watch this. Um, <laughs> um, and he's somebody who can't commit. But of course, by the end of the, of the last series, that's exactly what they do. And um, it breaks the boundaries in, in lots of different ways, Um this this series now it's back like you say and it's a it's a new eight-part season very very sadly Regé Jean is not back I I mean it's just sort of unbelievable and quite heartbreaking really to be honest with you but anyway let's not focus on the bad bits because it's going to focus on Daphne's brother Anthony who was a relatively large part of the first series so he won't seem um you'll recognize him because of course he was quite a big part but he's the eldest of the Bridgerton siblings and he's determined to find a wife and of course they find a wife through these kind of you know, women go on show and you kind of choose you know who you're going to court um but he's very the thing is he he's been ruled by his heart so he was having a relationship with an opera singer Sienna Rosso um 
who he wasn't supposed to be. She wasn't the right calibre of woman for him. Um, and he's determined to find a wife. But this time, the Viscount is adamant that romantic feelings will not cloud his judgment. But of course, of course they will. And that's what will be the best part of this. Because we will see, uh, just in the same way as he did with the first series, the relationship growing between um, Daphne Bridgerton and Simon Bassett, we will see his relationship grow or his, his looking for a wife and then that relationship growing through this. So, yeah, absolutely one to watch. You can hear I'm quite passionate about it, even though Reggie John's not in it. Um, but, yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's going to be interesting to compare and contrast this to Sanderson, which is you're going to talk about a bit later today. I watched the first episode of series one, which is the sort of occupational hazard of this job. You end up watching episode one of lots of different things. <laughs> and then, of course, I watched episode one of series two. And I thought, am I am I watching the uh, the old episode again? Because the same thing seemed to be happening. All these young women were being debutantes, if you like, were being presented to the Queen. And of course, that's what's happened at the beginning of series one. Mm. But this time around... It's a different Bridgerton daughter who is being presented. So, yeah, as you say, this did kind of rewrite the book on period drama adaptations. I mean, they are based on books, aren't they? But they're more modern books. Mm. And, yeah, I really like it. I like the colourblind casting. It's quite sort of arch and knowing, isn't it? And it's got that voiceover of the woman who writes the sort of gossip pamphlet who has now been unveiled. I didn't realise because obviously I missed all of series one but we now know we now yeah. know who it is she was unveiled. Um, mm. I love mm. all the sort of cliches of this sort of period drum which is all about women looking for a husband uh, attending balls there are you know, there's the classic scenes like in episode one that there's a classic scene of a man of a, and a woman who meet while out horse riding that's often how I hooked up with my girlfriends in the past <laughs> and um, yeah they're introducing um some new characters the Sharma sisters uh, arrive from India and they're very much at the at the heart of the action especially with the Bridgerton you mentioned who is now looking for a wife and he's sort of as you say he's going about it in a real kind of checklist way isn't he and interviewing them all Bridgerton isn't really my mm. kind of thing but I can see that I can see that it's really well done I, I like it it's really stylish and it's it's slightly different take and I love the the way they use say tracks by Madonna but they have them kind of rearranged to to sound like classical music and you listen you think what's that one what's that one it's all modern tunes isn't it something rather different over on discovery plus it's a three-part documentary called hillsong a mega church exposed it arrives on thursday the 24th of march and here is a clip have you ever heard of hillsong church Hillsong is the celebrity church, right? Bieber, Bono, Vanessa Hudgens, Kevin Durant. It wasn't just this Australian startup anymore. It was Justin Bieber's church. They've had over 3 billion views on YouTube. Hillsong changed the way that many of us saw how church could be done. So I must admit, I was unaware of Hillsong, which is a Pentecostal megachurch, which has sort of become a, a global brand. Justin Bieber and other celebrities have become associated with it. I mean, I guess we're more familiar with celebrities who are Scientologists, aren't we? There's been a lot of scandals surrounding this church. And this series looks into its history. So it, it sort of evolved out of the Pentecostal church. And it was founded in Australia. 
uh, but then it spread to other countries. And it was its real selling point was the music, and that they, they release albums. And they make absolute fortunes from CD sales, or I guess streaming these days, and also concerts in like huge arenas. So yeah, it's a bit more like going to a rock concert, I guess. In episode one, I've only seen episode one, and it, it so it follows the origins, and you do get some talking heads who are indicating that clearly there's going to be scandal, there's going to be sort of expose of terrible things that went on within the church. But yeah, so they look a little bit at the the finances, and they do make a lot of money. There's no question about that. They founded a chapter in New York City. And there's this fascinating guy, a really charismatic pastor called Carl Lentz. And you've probably seen pictures of him because he used to hang out with Justin Bieber and other celebs in America. And he kind of he looks like a rock star, really. He's often pictured with his top off, looking incredibly ripped. And yeah, he hangs out with these celebs. He wears really cool clothes, you know, like leather jackets and shades. I mean, he's not he's not your typical pastor at all. And he was kind of making it look cool to, you know, to go to church for, for the sort of younger generation. And, of course, getting the endorsement of people like Justin Bieber. I mean, that was, like, massive for this organisation. So, yeah, I haven't watched episodes two and three, but it's a fascinating story, and I'm kind of looking forward to finding out how it all went off the rails. I mean, it is still going, but there have been some scandals, and I think certain people are about to be booted out in the series. So did, did you know about this uh, organisation, Hannah, and did you enjoy this documentary? Well, I, I like stuff like this because it kind of gets on... I mean, it's obviously just one view, of course, but it kind of really gets under the skin of something that I was sort of on my radar because you do have celebrities, you know, like Justin Bieber, who back in the day I was writing about and what have you, and you'd see them at, at these churches and it, they, they seem to have, you know, a big faith. And, and then when you watch something like this, it's... I want to say it's surprising, but I sort of feel like it's unsurprising these days, you know, for this sort of thing to come out. And it, but it also incredibly worrying. So, you know, what I, I was, I was very interested in this, and I and I do think it's a good watch. And I think that it just probably scratches the surface of so many other things. But the kind of the series really explores, you know, allegations of exploitation, abuse, and cult-like behaviour, and stuff that you kind of, I don't know, that you, you think. As I say, it, it, perhaps it's unsurprising, but um, it kind of it, it, it sort of shows you exactly what could be going on. Whereas the sort of shiny, fluffy, showbiz, glitzy stuff that we see is something quite different. And um, yeah, it was, it, I think it's a very interesting but quite sad watch if it if it's all you know to be believed. Yeah, and there's an interesting contribution in episode one from this guy who anonymously built this website it's called something like preachers in sneakers and it was just pictures of these preachers wearing incredibly expensive designer gear including this new york pastor and like telling you how much they they cost and people got very angry about it you know they were they were really furious and putting comments on his website anyway so that was that was particularly interesting i thought now, uh, you, you've just been drowning in period drama this week, uh, Hannah, because you're also going to tell us about the return of Sanditon on BritBox. I rather thought we'd seen the last of you. Sanditon is fast becoming the most desirable destination on the South Coast. I am besieged by fortune hunters. How are we to attract rich husbands unless we look the part? Came here to avoid all that. 
so as you say, it's on BritBox. This is also season two, and this has six episodes. Now, anyone who's watched watched the first series will know that it is it's a drama based on Jane's Jane Austen's final but unfinished novel. Um, and then it was sort of developed by the Emmy and BAFTA winning writer Andrew Davis. So it, it's very beautiful, I would say. You know, you, you talk with Bridgerton about the kind of the star quality of it in terms of the um, the backdrop and the way they do it is kind of incredibly rich designs. This is slightly different, but it's incredibly beautiful. Um, I'm not I wasn't as a big a fan of the first series as I was of Bridgerton. And I think that's because Bridgerton just broke a lot of boundaries for me. And it kind of made, made me laugh in lots of places. And I don't know, it sort of attacked every sense. Whereas Sanderton is more of a, more classically um, a period drama, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. And I, I do like that. So um, the news last time round, we left the, the fans very much in suspense. You know, people wanted more because there was a very heartbreaking finale. And so I do think you need to catch up with that season one before you get involved in this, because you, you, you need to know what's been going on. Um, but the new series picks up um, on the action nine months later. And this whole town is growing in popularity. It features all, a lot of the old characters, but also a lot of new ones. Um, and I, I don't know, for, for me, it's a great watch, but it's interestingly being pitched against Bridgerton and uh, sort of a similar time. And I, I mean, if I was a betting woman, not that I am, who would I put money on to be the winner in this? I, I probably would back Bridgerton. Um, whereas this sort of, it, it, on its own, if it wasn't up against that, I think it would do it would do incredibly well it's got you know it's, it's got a good cast um it's got some well it's got the whole love story going on there it's got the heartbreak but I say it's much more a classic period drama but you know perhaps I'm wrong perhaps it's sort of um it's attention for a, a different demographic than Bridgerton perhaps you might know better than me on that front here yeah it's interesting isn't it because as you said it's developed by Andrew Davis and he is famous for sort of sexing up Jane Austen with Pride and Prejudice, isn't he? And I have old Colin Firth coming out of the lake, dripping wet. But against Bridgerton, I think you're right. This this kind of look, it looks very old school and just not as exciting and perhaps, I don't know, a little bit bland maybe. But there's a good cast. I mean, I like the Kevin Eldon does give it a little bit of comedy, doesn't he, in his role. Rose Williams as Charlotte, I think she's great. And it's in this series, she meets these two, well, it's two girls who are cousins and uh, sort of rescues one of them from being trampled by a horse. And she's going to go off and become a governess for them and the, this man who's looking after him. So that's quite a sort of classic period drama scenario, isn't it? Yeah, there's uh, the army coming to town, of course, as well. And... Uh, all the young ladies swooning over them. Yeah, if I were to pick between the two, I guess Bridgerton is just much more exciting, isn't it? And it just seems very different and modern. I think what you're saying, though, about the whole sexing up, I don't think you could get any sexier than Bridgerton, and that's the point. You know, Andrew Davis did the whole, like you say, Colin Firth coming out of the water in the wet shirt. Bridgerton's done that and more in the first series, and in the second one has done it again. Um, again, he's wearing a white shirt. It's 
totally transparent. You know, they've picked up on that and then run with it. Well, you're absolutely right, because in episode one of the new series of Sanderson, which is this seaside town, which um, Chris Marshall's character has... Uh, built and develops and there's Anne Reed, of course as the woman who effectively is is bankrolling this and she is brilliant she is the standout in in Sanders now I think she makes it worth watching she's hilarious it's, you know she's very plain speaking <laughs> very rude um so yeah they, you have this artist who is who is in the town and of course he appears in the street with his top off and it's but you think well this isn't at all shocking in the way that or, or kind of sexy in the way that back in the day that Colin Firth famous Colin Firth moment was or the kind of pole dark moment but um, yeah I think if you like if you like that old school style period drama there's still a lot to enjoy in this so I think you can you can watch both and, and enjoy them in different ways mm. I would say oh yeah now we've got to the point Hannah where you reveal this week's binge watches so what have you been watching well i've been catching up on the great prostery throwdown because that's what i do and i absolutely love it and people are so talented i'm in awe i've also been watching the apprentice because there's been a lot about the apprentice i think it's had its day am i allowed to say that oh, i think i'm done with you it are allowed to. i think i'm done with it the format's boring it's tired i'm sick of people being shouted at people being rubbish that don't deserve to be there yeah not 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 with it not feeling it how about you ian <laughs> Well, the challenges are so totally unrealistic, aren't they? Like you've got a few hours to to design and market a whole new product. <laughs> it's like it's just ridiculous. But I still watch it. Having said that, like you, um, I have been watching in the absence of Pottery Throwdown, which of course we both love. Well, thank mm. goodness, Interior Design Masters is back, presented by Alan Carr, who is hilarious. And yeah, it, it, it's just great. All these people uh, designing and making over rooms it's 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 great if you're into that kind of thing it's absolutely addictive so we've just got time to look ahead to next week's offerings so what are we going to be previewing hannah oscar isaac plays a marvel superhero i do love those as you know whose powers derive from an ancient egyptian god in the new disney plus superhero drama moon knight and john c Riley plays the man behind the 1980s heyday of magic johnson and the la lakers basketball team in the now TV drama Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. So we look forward to talking about those and more, but in the meantime. Cheers. 